Hey friends, I'm Ashley Parker, the host of Splash of Ash, the podcast. Join me as I sip on my iced coffee and hold my crystals as we chat all things to empower you to get up and show up every single day. Things like your morning routine and how you talk to yourself. You know, all the things that make you your best self. I'll be bringing you a drop of good vibes, a dash of confidence, and a sprinkle of inspiration. Get ready to envision and step into a better you. It's time to level up. This moment counts. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ashley Parker, the host of Splash of Ash, the podcast. My goodness, do I have a treat for you. Today on the show, we have Kay Margaret Solorio. She is a time and freedom coach and a fellow podcaster, of course. She is on a mission to empower people to know their value and to live with freedom while being masters of their own happiness. My gosh, there's so much to unpack right there. So let's just get into it and welcome to the show. Okay, Margaret, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Amazing. So share a little bit more about you, your story, maybe how you got started in in this space. Yeah. Um, well, the shorter version is I think like everyone else, it's through personal experience. I had always learned, uh, to look outward for change. Um, I made a big change a little over a decade ago. I moved from the East coast to the West coast and I had just, I got a little overwhelmed by all the, the shoulds I had done all the things I should be doing. And I was still somehow spinning my wheels and not feeling like life was kind of going where I wanted it to. So I quit my stuff, sold my, quit my job, sold my stuff packed up a car and drove across the country to California. And that's where I still am. So it worked out, but wow. it was, um, it was, and things started happening. Like I had some space cause there's such a different culture here to hear my own thoughts and to kind of, to, to listen, to tune in. Um, and I met my husband, I, we now have two kids and everything kind of grew. And then when COVID hit, um, that was a big change for me where I realized even though I had changed everything externally, I was still trying to meet all those molds and I was still wonderfully miserable. Like I had done all the shoulds, I have had a beautiful life, but I I dreaded getting up in the morning. And um, it was always a fight for me against the clock. Um, I, I always say before COVID, I felt like I was running a marathon every day. COVID hit and everything was turned on its side and it was like this vertical marathon. <laughs> so yeah. for me, I had to do everything all at the same time and all the demands on me were all at the same. It was very overwhelming. Um, I had a, a few mental breakdowns over a few months and then I finally kind of gathered myself and my fears and I said, well, I can't find anything outside to fix this. I need to look inside and see what I can do for me to change to, to get out because I didn't want to live like I was dying. I wanted to live like I was living and growing. Um, so for me, the entry into that has, has always been, and now is being more fully realized in my relationship with time. Mm. So I had always really, I mean, and I think our culture kind of teaches us a lot of angry language to time. We kill time. We, we, uh, you know, all these different things fight a race against the clock. Um, and so when I, made that conscious change to not feel that stressor of time, but to say, okay, I have time for everything or I don't, time is what we experience. Life is what we experience. So it's really that quality and not these um, human designed constructs of time that uh, affect how we enjoy life. Um, so I took the time 
here I go using time all the time, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> to really think about, okay, it's going to happen anyway. I always use the example of um, our morning routine. I used to, again, dread waking up and just list all the things I had to do and, and push everybody else around me and worry about it all the time. And, and that's what I got back, crunch time. Um, so my work is actually based off of, do you know Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap? No, I don't. It's fascinating. I recommend it to everyone and anyone. I actually listened to the audiobook um, a couple of times. He's got a lot in there. He talks a lot about upper limiting, but he has this one small concept called Einstein time that how the expectation we set for the universe um, is then how time responds back to us. So mm-hmm. if we say that I never have enough time, I never have enough time, I never have enough time, then that's what we get back kind of this crunch sense of time, this desperate, you know, then you can't find the parking spot. You can't do this. You're late. You're at all at, you know, downward spiral. We're all familiar with. Yes, we we are. (laughs) Yeah. Approach it differently. And of course, new, and I'm sure you talk about this all the time, new mindset really takes time to lay those new tracks, to set those new patterns. But if we start with, I have enough time for everything and approach it that way, then you get into this wonderful ease. And actually my podcast is called delicious ease. Cause that's what I'm after for, for myself and for everyone else. Um, you get into this flow where suddenly things are happening more easily and it's all kind of coming together and you end up being early, even though you didn't try so hard. So it's, it's setting that different expectation. Um, and that's why I'm now, I help women, um, make that transition from feeling like they never have enough time to feeling like they have time for everything. Before we dive into to time and and freedom and all of this, you know, the delicious ease of, of life and all of that, I want to go back for a second about something that you said earlier on. And it was talking about the shoulds, right? The shoulds yeah. that we all have in our life, kind of, you know, putting ourselves in this box that we have to live up to, um, you know, who we think that everybody else wants us to be, and maybe who we think that we are a little bit as well. So what like, how did should show up in your life? What were some of the shoulds that you were struggling with and that you wanted to kind of break through? That is a wonderfully huge question. Um, and actually, personally, the inner work I'm personally working on right now is money mindset. And it just keeps coming up and up. And I realized um, my it, it goes back. Um, and I actually had a guest on my podcast recently who explained that a lot of these shoulds are kind of developed very, very early in life and how, and how our outlook is. So my uh, parents split when I was young and they kind of, I'm, I love them both. And I'm sure they both had their reasons for everything, but there was a lot left for me to do. And so I realized at a very young age, I put me aside and kind Mm -hmm. of fit, okay, what, what needs to be done? What should be done? And so I have a laundry list of shoulds that I, that I've (laughs) met from childhood straight through to, you know, getting straight A's and, and getting the job I was supposed to after college. I went to a four-year school and I graduated in four years. I mean, I played with it a little bit, but I was always within those constructs of getting a good job and everything, but there's no, we're not taught, there's no happiness factor in, in all of that. Um, So now I, I'm learning to redefine success and, and that I can be a great leader for my kids. The one thing that's come for me uh, out of this is is the joy of motherhood. It took me a very long time to feel 
like a mother. Um, I had my first child and six weeks later, I was back at work and I had to give the kid up during the day. And I, ne- I didn't feel that attachment that I'm supposed to. I had very bad postpartum depression and that never kind of, it took years for that for me for to develop. But now through this personal development journey, one way it's manifested for me is that I see my kids as souls having their own human experience, that I am not there to dictate and to teach them all the shoulds. You know, whereas before I was frantic all the time, like, oh my God, I got to teach you all these rules and you need to do well so that you are happy someday. Um, Now I understand (laughs) they have a path, they have their own desires, and it's up to me to help keep them in a somewhat safe space so they get to adulthood, but also to support them. It's not there. I'm not here to tell them everything to do. I'm here to give them healthy choices, teach them everything I know. So they start higher up than I did. And, um, that that too I've seen reflected. So I'm glad to have let go some of those shoulds. shoulds. Yeah, I was just having um, a similar conversation to some of the someone that I work with about you know relationships and and some other things came up about how in her life she has this picture of what a perfect marriage right should be, and so she's like, well, I don't know if that makes sense for me in my life. And so she's kind of exploring this idea of the shoulds in her own way. And mm-hmm. we we were kind of unpacking it as we were sitting there and it came down to like, this is your life, right? And mm-hmm. you get to make some of your own rules as you go along. And so if that doesn't make sense for you, well, what will make sense for you? And so we were, it, it was kind of giving her this sense of like, oh, you're right. Like, this is my life. I don't have to live it you know, how my parents did, or they want me to, or, you know, whatever it is, whatever that looked like for her. And it kind of like lifted this weight off of her shoulders. And Mm. it almost gave her this sense of, you know, ownership of her own life and also freedom. Yes, absolutely. I resonate with everything you said, and I agree with it. And I teach it there. There is freedom in knowing that you're the creator. When you first accept that I hesitate to use the word responsibility, but that role yeah. that you are the creator of your life, it's it's, it's sometimes really heavy because you're like, wait, if I'm the creator and there are all these things I don't like, what was I not paying attention to? What did I just go along with? What did I, but it's within that awareness that you realize if I take ownership for all the stuff I don't like, that means I have the ability to change it. It's not dictated anymore by somebody else. I'm the one who's choosing. And that's, that, I don't know why motherhood keeps coming up in this conversation. <laughs> but, um, it, that's another thing I've been working a lot with my kids that um, at their school, they have a lot of, it makes me nervous. They have a lot of, con- now that I'm aware, I wasn't aware for a long time, um, the reward systems for good behavior. If you do this, you get this prize. And if you do this, and I, I that messed me up big time. I played that game for so long. And so I've talked to them a lot about, yes, you can play this game. You can get all the rewards. As long as you understand it is your choice to comply. You're not a good person or a bad person based on what they say. You're choosing to play by these rules, which, which is of benefit for you. I get it. And you get a prize in it. Great. As long as you understand that the first step is you choosing to do that. So that choice, that creator, that, uh, yeah, that's, and then I apply that to, to time that you can choose to have success in the task, choose to have success in feeling good and not choosing to have success in checking the box that you sat in your desk for an hour. Yeah. So should, 
you know, this idea, do you have any, you know, tips or an activity or something that you've used with your, your clients or anything like that, or your groups that help people to work through, you know, the shoulds and the expectations and this box that we place ourselves in? Yeah. The best one I've found right now actually came from Louise Hayes on some of her work that I've, I've read and, and worked with. She, and so first step is awareness with any change. So if you sit down and you, you list kind of what are all these shoulds? Oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should just get it out on paper so you can see it. Somebody else um, once gave the good example of like, when we do really heavy math problems, we always get out a piece of paper and a pen. We don't expect ourselves to figure it out on, I mean, some people can, but you know what I mean, figure yeah. it out on your head. Well, the same is true, should be true for your emotions or your life or the things you're dealing with. So get out a piece of paper, write down your list of should so you can see it in front of you. And then um, take it and take that list and flip it. So rewrite everything as a could. Mm. So instead of I should do this, I could do that. So you, you just that little switch from should to could is so impactful. And you go, Oh, I do have a choice. Oh, you know what? Maybe I really don't like my day job and I want to do something else. But right now this is what works for me. And I'm working on building my empire or whatever it is, but making that subtle language shift to, to, to feel that you have a choice, I think is a great first step. I think it also gives you like that example that you just had, like it gives you almost a sense of peace. Like you had a say in it, right? Like nobody was sitting, you know, here making you do it. You actually have a choice to show up to the job that you might not like right now, but you're working on the side hustle, which is really where you want to go. But like you chose to be in this spot right now, you know, for now. And so I think it gives you a sense of peace where you're not, you know, putting all this pressure on yourself and you have to do this and you have to do that. It's just, it's just peaceful. It's a little bit more peaceful. Exactly. Or I like the word you used earlier, relief. It gives you a little bit of relief and you're flowing towards the direction you want. You're not fighting against it. So we've brought up this word freedom a few times. What does freedom look like for you? What does that mean to you? Again, Uh, big question. (laughs) So you have just, I love it. That's one of the reasons I listen to your podcast because you're so wonderfully curious and you have these ginormous questions. Um, Freedom. For me, it goes back to the conversation we just had. It's the freedom to choose. It's the freedom and understanding that you are the creator, that you don't feel like everything is happening to you, but that you understand that understand that things are happening for you and that therefore they emanate from you and you have that ability to change. So um, if I want more time freedom, more ease in the day, then I, I have, there are, I learn, how do I say this? You have lots of different tools in your personal developed tool bag or little strategies that you can use that then help create that new dynamic. Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but yeah. No, no, you are. (laughs) It's, it's this idea of, uh, you know, defining freedom for yourself, right? Like freedom for me looks like finding ease throughout my day. Okay. So how can we create a little bit more of that version of freedom for myself? And it's getting clear on your schedule and actually mapping out how we can ease up a little bit more of our time to achieve this time of freedom. Exactly. So I, um, if you looked at my life now and two years ago, technically it's probably not different, but I am a hundred percent different. And I feel completely free where I felt completely 
imprisoned in my own life before. So that changing of that mindset, understanding the choice, having dreams that you're achieving. I mean, I get more done in a day now than I ever have before. And yet I enjoy it more. And I, yeah, I've got more flow to my day. So it's, it's the, I guess it starts with the mindset. Yeah. So for the people that are listening to this and like, yes, this sounds great freedom. I want more ease. I want all of this, but I just don't have the time, right? They go back to this mindset. Like I just can't, I got four kids and it's crazy. And my husband works these crazy hours and I just can't do it. What, what do you say to them? Well, I feel for you. I, <laughs> you know, I was there. I know exactly how that feels. First of all, you're not alone. Um, second of all, you are enough exactly how you are in this moment. I think a lot of times we also receive the message that we have to do this, this, and this, and then we'll have enough time and then we'll be enough and then we'll do enough. But what you have now is, is more, who you are now in this moment is, is more than enough. Um, and then lastly, it starts small. So if you can buck that trend in your mind a little bit, um, then you stack up the evidence that it's possible and you can do more. So for instance, I now love to meditate. Um, I start my day with a, a nice meditation. It sets my tone. I, I will do it till the day I die. It's changed my life. I love it. But when I started, it was very, very difficult for me. Uh, and I started with two minutes. After I finished um, my day job, I would sit for two minutes, put the timer on so I didn't worry about missing anything. Hmm. And I would do a guided meditation because I couldn't even stand my own thoughts. And I would sit there for two minutes and then I would move on. And then gradually I could do more. And now I listen to like tonal music for 20 minutes and it's fantastic. Um, but that took time or I would, um, after I put the kids to bed, I'd say, okay, instead of jumping back into my domestic chores, which is what I usually do, I'm going to sit for five minutes. And I'm going to read. I really like to read. That's something that I didn't have time for when I was too busy. Right. Or told myself that story. So if then I finished a book and I was like, wait a second, I can start reading books again. Like that just clicked in my head that if this is possible, then of course that's possible. And then it just, all those little things stacked and built momentum. And now I'm working on dreams that I've had for years. I think it's, it's such a powerful conversation to have. And I don't know where I heard this probably somewhere on like Instagram or TikTok or all the amazing things that people, you know, do, but they were talking about how they were reflecting on their day because they felt like they didn't have time. And so they sat down and they wrote on a piece of paper, all the things that fill their day, like from taking the kids to school, to their workout, to all of that. And they put the times next to them, like from, you know, eight to eight 30, you know, school drop-off, whatever it is. And they did it for their entire day. And what they found was they have a lot more time than they actually think that they do. And so it was, it opened their mind to say, okay, I can, you know, tackle some of these big goals that I have. I can start to, you know, work on this business idea that I have. I can read books. I can't, whatever that looks like, they have more time than they actually think. I think when yeah. we think about it, it's like, I don't have time, but I sit and scroll sometimes for an hour and I'm like, holy crap, I didn't do anything productive. And now it's time for bed. <laughs> Yes. Two things on that. One, I love it. Um, I have a membership for women called Sparkle Time, um, Ooh, where we I love that time management and, and mindset. And right now we are working through this right now. I call it time tracking. Um, 
it brings up so much. It brings awareness. You one realize where you're splitting your energy. So actually we, we also talk about single tasking versus over multitasking. Cause when you split your energy, instead of focusing, you don't get as much done. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Tracking your time. If you can do that, it, it, uh, allows you to see where you're spending your time. It'll show you what you're prioritizing because you're using your time for that. It'll um, show you exactly what you said, where you have gaps that you could be spending your time differently. Um, oh, there's so much there. Time tracking is hugely valuable. Yes, do that or come over into my world. And I'm happy to help you. Um, and then secondly, it it talks to this expectation that we have. So a lot of times we expect because that's just what we've been taught, the paradigm we have that a certain task will take a certain amount of time. An example is um, for me writing a book. I've always, always wanted to be a published author. So last year I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write my first book. I talk about this. I do dreams. Let's get this done. And I never, I stressed about it for a while um, because I felt like I had to have like hours of uninterrupted time or, you know, here the people who go off to Bali for two weeks and get it out. Or, you know, there was all these constructs. I was like, I can't, I don't, that's not part of my lifestyle. I can't pull that off. So I said, okay, I'm just going to start writing and I'm going to do 15 minutes a day. I'm going to aim for 15 minutes a day. And a lot of times I did it after dinner. I just said, you know, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to write for 15 minutes and everything would be going on in the background. And um, I wrote a book in six weeks. Wow. Blew my own, yeah, blew my own mind. I'm in the editing phase right now. It's not out yet. But, How exciting um, though. It's That's incredible. I, oh, it was half of it was such a lesson in time because I was like, whoa, blew my expectation. So it's, it's the little things where you can, if you can relax your rules <laughs> about time, um, you know, I always, I never loved domestic chores. So that's always been a thing for me too. And if I do it and, you know, if I say I make my, I actually, um, in the morning after I meditate, I journal for a little bit and then I make my goals for the day. I write it mm. down without looking at everything, just kind of data dump from what's in my head. And then that takes the thinking out of my day. So then if I'm in my day and I'm, oh, I don't know, my brain's fried from something else. I'm like, I need a change. I look at my list. Okay. What can, what's something I can do in five to 10 minutes next? And then I check it off. And then I've got a ton of things that are off my list, but they didn't meet expectation. I didn't do it when I had a set aside time. I didn't do it because I had my alone time. I did it because I needed a break for something else. And I knew I needed to get it done. And I didn't have to think about what was next. I could just go show up and do it. So kind of relaxing those expectations and what you think the time is needed to get the task done. We often fill the time we have. So if you give yourself 10 minutes, you might actually get it done in 10 minutes instead of an hour. So is this what delicious ease means and looks like for you? And if not, how does that, you know, word or phrase kind of show up for you in your life? Yes, this I'm sure it changes. <laughs> it, of course, everything does, doesn't it? Um, it does. Yes. Being, being the master of my own happiness, having the tools to deal with whatever comes up and living in a way that it allows me to enjoy my day-to-day -day life and have confidence that I'm working and building towards my dreams, whatever they are now, that is delicious for me. That is wholly satisfying. And um, I feel like I'm really savoring the time I've have and the the life that I've built so far. Um and that ease too is 
that's all I loved reading more about what you do in terms of self-care too. But I think the ease comes in with the self-care when you are kind to yourself as you would be kind to anyone else, then that pressure is off. You've got that relief and you can know that you are enough. It's going to, things are working out for you. Like it just expect you're out of that expectation box. I think it's also when you're kind of flowing right with this energy and the universe, like things come back to you. And I think that's kind of full, full circle for, you know, what we've been talking about today, because you kind of mentioned that in the beginning, right? When you realized something wasn't working, you were like, I, I got to do something different. And you got in your car after quitting and your job. And you said, I'm going somewhere else. And things, you know, the universe kind of had your back and worked for you, oh, and worked yeah. with you. And it came with making, you know, big, hard, scary, courageous decisions, but you've learned so much and you've also built, you know, your whole business off of this experience that you have. And I think it's just absolutely beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. It's definitely, that's another uh, thing we're working through in sparkle time. It's process-based over outcome-based. So where a lot of times we learn that success is only achieved by that by that trophy, that last item, it's actually trusting the process, working on the next right step. If you show up for the next right step, you're winning. Mm. You, you, you are process-based here. Yeah. The value is in the process. So good. Thank you so much for coming on. Tell us where everybody can find you website, like social media, anything that you're working on and how they can get in touch with you if they need to, to do all of these things, which I think we all do. <laughs> Yay. We thank you do. so much. Um, well, my website is delicious ease. So EASE.com. Um, you can find everything there. That's also my handle on Instagram. Um, and yeah, you're welcome to reach out via email. That's also the name of my podcast. I'll put that out there. Delicious ease. The email is support at delicious And like I said, I've got the sparkle time membership for women. Um, the doors will open again in, in June for that. Um, so that's really exciting. I've got my podcast I'm working on and I'm actually developing a line of hats for women caps with inspirational words on them to help support and celebrate in your journey. And, um, I'm working on my book too. So those are my, Ooh, you got it going on. I am well, definitely going to get one of those hats. I'm a hat girl. I ah, love it. Thanks. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your magic. I know that everybody is going to love it because time is something that we all have a strange relationship with. I will say. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. You know the drill. I will be back next week on Tuesday for yet another episode. Goodbye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope it brought you tons of value. If you loved what you heard or know someone who would, please share it with them. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on social at a underscore splash of ash and my website splashofash.com. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Change your everyday, change your life.